0: Well, weekend one of the NCAA tournament is in the books. I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And what a last four days it was in the NCAA tournament. Let's welcome on our guy, Matthew Postens, joining us here on the show. Boy, Matthew, uh, as our Big 12 basketball uh, insider experts, uh, Monday morning, you little burnt out. How are you feeling today?
1: A little burned out. Um <laughs> Yeah it was it was it was great to have a regional nearby. It it was really cool to to be able to to be there Thursday and Saturday for Kansas and Baylor. Um but you know, you 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 figure the games are going to end at a certain time and then TCU goes to overtime and then um uh you figure the Baylor game's going to end at a certain time and they try to put together the most epic comeback in NCAA tournament history and send that game to overtime. So that's just the the vagaries of March Madness. These kinds of things happen and that's why everybody watches this tournament the first weekend because so many of these incredible things happen within a four-day window.
0: That's exactly right. Now, let's talk about the Big 12. Three teams in the Sweet 16, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas Tech. Iowa State, obviously the big surprise of the bunch. Let's start there with Coach Otts and and this team and this program and its path to a Sweet 16 after, what, two wins last year, this turnaround is this is this now one of the great turnarounds in college basketball history year over year?
1: year over year this is absolutely impressive. I mean if you look at the way they won both of these games they they won these games in the tournament the way that Iowa State has won games all year. They've done it with defense they they frustrated LSU uh, which has two incredibly talented players uh and then sunday against wisconsin they they limited johnny davis's effectiveness this is a guy who's the third consensus all-american in wisconsin history and they managed to frustrate him uh and and limit his effectiveness throughout the game and and they won these two games 59 54 54 49 i mean they were incredible on defense and the thing that i was worried about with them was their offense obviously iowa state is a little bit limited on offense but on the in the Friday game, Tyrese Hunter has the biggest game of his life offensively. And then Sunday, Gabe Kalsher has the biggest game of his life since that 30-point game he had against Memphis in the NIT tip-off in November. So this was a weekend where their defense stepped up huge, where guys other than Isaiah Brockington stepped up huge. And that's a big reason why they were able to advance to the Sweet 16. And now if you look at the, the bracket in front of them, I mean, they play Miami of Florida in the Sweet 16 we're kind of staring potentially at a all big 12 elite eight in the Midwest region.
0: We are. And that would be so much fun. Uh, KU Iowa state uh, for a trip to the final four. Oh my goodness. That would be wild. Now let's talk about the other side of that. KU uh, got by. Now I think Creighton's a really, I mean, coach McDermott there, does a great job. I say that as someone with biggies ties. So I see him quite a bit. Uh, I'm not surprised Creighton gave them a great battle I thought they were under where they were so this does not surprise me uh but you know KU Remy Martin leads the team with 20 points I I felt great about KU getting to a final four because of Remy Martin and his play the last couple of weeks since the big 12 tournament what did you learn from Kansas and you know you got to be honest Matthew they probably have the easiest path of any team left to a final four
1: they they have a really good path. I mean, Providence is a really good team, but I, I think they match up well with them, and, and Kansas uh, did well in their Big 12 Big East matchup earlier this year, and then, of course, Iowa State and, and Miami on the other side of the bracket. You know, Remy Martin, you know, he was an enigma for basically two months because of the injury and because he couldn't get back on the floor, and, and Bill Self really just didn't know how to integrate him back into the to the offense, but I think the, the great thing about what Kansas has done over these last two days, and really going back to the Big 12 tournament, is their their patience with him paid off, because he gives them an energy and a boost off the bench that I don't think a lot of teams have in this tournament. If you remember the Detroit Pistons from the 1980s, and you remember Vinny the Microwave Johnson, he's kind of their Vinny right mm-hmm. now. He's coming off the bench, and he's giving them a boost. But that, that, in that game against Crichton, you know, Doug McDermott basically said we're going to let it fly from three and see what happens, and that's what they did. And in the first half, they made like eight three pointers, and that's a big reason why they were able to stay in that game as long as they were able to. But Rennie Martin came into that game in the first half and gave them an immediate jolt. And you know, to listen to those guys up there uh, Saturday after the game, you know, Christian Brown was up there, Ochai Baji was up there. You know basically they've they've kind of taken this guy in as you know, he's our guy. I know he's only been here like eight months, but he's our guy. He's part of our team. he's part of our family. You know, this is the reason why we've been so patient with him for two months with the injury and everything else because we know that he can do things like this for us. Um he just he he's an x factor for them now, just like David McCormick is, and now they look very well positioned to potentially get back to the final four for the first time since twenty eighteen. their Their path certainly looks very manageable
0: it does now texas tech the third team reaching the sweet 16 uh, getting by blowing out montana state and then getting by notre dame on sunday uh red raiders get set to play duke later this week we'll we'll do a preview later on in the week but just the path for texas tech especially that notre dame game a notre dame team playing its third game of the week after they had a playing game early last week mark adams takes this job, people question it, and eh, the assistant of Beard, and eh, never had a job at this level, and eh, an old guy. And here he is in a Sweet Sticks team, Matthew. It's an incredible story.
1: Yeah, and, and the way they won that game against Notre Dame, I, I can't emphasize this enough. They didn't make a field goal for seven minutes <laughs> at the end of that game. Yeah. And somehow they won, and they won because they were great at the free throw line They won because of the defense that they have played for years that created turnovers and blocked shots. They won because Kevin Ovenor rebounded out of his mind in that game. All the little things that we talk about Texas Tech doing so well in that seven-minute window where Notre Dame could have really just run away and and hidden from them because they were shooting well enough to do it, all those little things came to bear in those last seven minutes, and they managed to win that game. And when you have a coach who – preaches the same things every day and is as consistent as Mark Adams is. You know, you, you could just tell the players weren't – they were frustrated with the fact that they couldn't score, but they weren't, you know, lacking for confidence in what they were able to be able to do on the floor. And now they get a chance in this Sweet 16, the only region, by the way, that has fallen to form to this point, all four top seeds advance, they get a chance to tangle with Mike Krzyzewski and Duke in the Sweet 16. And they – to me, they are a team that is uniquely – qualified to potentially oust them from the tournament because i'm not sure there's anybody in the acc outside of perhaps virginia that plays defense the way texas tech does
0: that's very true uh, that is very true and that's what's going to make that a heck of a matchup on thursday night And we'll talk more about it later this week so that's why you want to subscribe to this show and uh, make sure you don't miss any episodes and what's going to be a very very busy week Oh, and uh, by the way, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers right now, using our promo code HCS, can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. And here's the thing. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Yeah, you heard that right. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? And then track your results. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code HCS. That's HCS for Heartland College Sports. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with our promo code HCS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, a great way to help grow this show. 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, the teams that got knocked out, uh, we'll start with the obvious one, one seed Baylor coming back from 25 points down against North Carolina but losing in overtime 93-86. to You know, Matthew, I forgot the stat exactly, but the last X amount of teams that won the national title didn't get it to the Sweet 16 the following year. I want to say this is the third or fourth year in a row that has happened. Uh, Baylor, is it, is it lackadaisical coming off of last season, or is it more likely what I think it is, which is just, you know, injuries and lack of depth caught up with this team against a North Carolina team that probably underachieved based on its talent level uh, the entire season?
1: Yeah, I think it's the latter. I mean, we know they're, they've are they got injury problems. You know, Jonathan Sean Matracho out for the season. Uh, L.J. Pryor wasn't available. Langston loved their prized recruit towards ACL before the season began. So, really from the beginning, they were kind of behind the eight ball. But, you know, that comeback against North Carolina was pretty incredible. The The Brady Manic flagrant two, which I, I finally got a chance to see the replay after the game when I got home Saturday, and I'm like, no, that's not a flagrant two. That, that's a that's a basketball play if you want to give it a flagrant one maybe but that seemed to set off that rally and Baylor you know they completely changed the tone of what they were doing from that moment they pressed on defense they created turnovers they started driving to the basket and you know the officiating in that game after the manic flagrant it just kind of went downhill and it went downhill for both teams it was basically drive to the basket draw, you know draw contact you get a foul and you go to the free throw line um but you know, Baylor's comeback was incredible and, and and that's the that's the attitude that Scott Drew has built at Baylor over the last twenty years. This is a team that is never going to quit. This is a team that's gonna do what it does best and a team that is gonna fight and claw and scratch to try and stay in a game. Um North Carolina to me is a really interesting team if you're looking ahead, just because I think they've got two or three players that are playing the best basketball of the season, including Brady Manick, who used to play at Oklahoma. But, um, you know, Baylor doesn't have anything to hang its head over. I mean, that was an incredible comeback. It was very entertaining. They won a national championship. Scott Drew has another huge recruiting class coming in. Uh, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be a part of the Big 12 and a, and a part of the college basketball's national landscape for a long
0: time. I agree. Uh, the the two teams, two other teams we haven't talked about yet, who lost in the second round uh, after the Big 12 did go 6-0, and by the way, in their first-round games. Start with Texas. Uh, beat Virginia Tech in a good win. Lose to Purdue. So I'm sure Tech fans will be quick to let Texas fans know that uh, Texas stole its head coach, but Tech is in a sweet 16. Texas is not. We've been saying for weeks that Chris Beard will be judged in this first season based on the postseason. He was not favored against Purdue, Matthew, as the sixth seed going up against the three seed. But Hmm. what do you think? I mean, Chris Beard, season one at Texas – Uh, success or did he come up short of expectations
1: Um, successful in that they won their first NCAA tournament game in eight years I mean true they they want to go farther their stated goal is clear we want to be a player in the national landscape like we were under Rick Barnes you got to start winning NCAA tournament games to do that they they did that against Virginia Tech but if you look ahead to next season Chris Beard has to add players that can score consistently. You cannot go nine minutes without a field goal against Purdue and expect to win that game. And, you know, they, they darn near came close to winning it. They yeah. were within you know, a couple of points within, with seven minutes to play despite that horrible first half. But, you know, they're they play great defense. Chris Beard believes in that. He got guys that came in as transfers who were very experienced who bought into that this year. The next step for him is he's got to have guys that can score on their own. You know, they just didn't have enough of that this year. Um, They had good players who could shoot. They weren't a great three-point shooting team. They had forwards who could create their own shot, but Timmy Allen, as good as he was, was not the most consistent player for them this season. He only had two points against Purdue. So the next step for them, they got to find offense. And I would imagine with a lot of guys heading out the door because of eligibility, Chris Beard will probably tap into the transfer portal again.
0: I agree. He's going to have to. Um, Now, speaking of the transfer portal, TCU obviously is a team that uh, hit it very successfully over the last uh, offseason. And you see Jamie Dixon take his team to within seconds of possibly a sweet 16 appearance, nearly upset number one seed Arizona. Let's talk about the end of that game, Uh, especially TCU's got the ball in the final seconds. It looks like a foul near half court on Arizona. It does not get called. They come back. They dunk it in. But the dunk was late, so the game ends up going to overtime. But had Arizona been called for a foul there, TCU is on the free throw line with a chance to possibly win the game. What's your thoughts, first yeah. off, on the controversial ending the regulation in that TCU-Arizona game?
1: Well, the it, interesting is live, it kind of looks like he trips. And then they replayed it again, and I still couldn't really tell what happened because all they did after the game in the moment was keep replaying the dunk because they wanted to see if the dunk was actually there or not as far as getting in before the buzzer sounded. So I didn't get better replays until was, until the studio show, and I think Bob Huggins said it best. It looked like a foul to me. It, it looked like he got body, and then he got knocked down as he was trying to dribble back to the middle floor. Now, the defender was trying to hurt him, Toward the the midline because he was trying to get him to go backcourt, but he they very clearly made contact and it looked like the defensive player made contact with him first. So I think, to me, I think Tech has a beef. And again, this was a game where after that happened, the officiating went downhill. It was like contact got called every single time and overtime, and Arizona took advantage of that. You know, down the stretch, but you know, TCU. You know, the the advantage they had next season is that they've cultivated scores like. You know, Miles and Baugh and uh, Eddie Lampkin, who had a huge game. All those guys are coming back next year. So unlike Texas, where a lot of these transfers are headed out the door because they're out of eligibility or they know they're headed to the NBA, uh, Jamie Dixon has guys coming back who have developed talent and could be even better next year. So TCU has to feel really good about where they are going into next year, even though they feel horrible about how things can last. Because had Mike Miles gotten that foul, you're sending TCU about you know six seven seconds left in the game
0: yeah and gosh i it's gonna be a long off season for tcu basketball fans thinking about the end of that game there's just uh there's no doubt about it but you're right you want to be optimistic about this program where it is right now under coach dixon i think there's a lot to be optimistic about and let's let's not forget matthew future big 12 member houston who is, oh, yeah. I, I I think, you know, this is going to be one of the toughest outs left. Arizona's not going to have an easy time with Coach Sampson's team, and of course they're going to be in the Big 12 here in about a year and a half, so something to look forward to if you want to talk about a future Big 12 team as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Houston went to the Final Four last year, and, and Houston is doing this incredibly without two of their best players. They lost two of their best players to injury for the season in December, um, one of which I think was a former Texas Tech transfer. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But, you know, Kelvin Sampson's done this without two of his best players for the last two and a half months of the season. And they could, they can beat Arizona. I mean, it could be a, you know, that region. You look at the South, to me, it could be any one of those four teams that, that are there that could be the matchup in the Elite Eight. It's yeah. A, it's kind of wide open. You know, Michigan's playing better, Villanova's playing really well uh houston's on a roll arizona's the one team i'm actually a little worried about they didn't look that great against tcu i feel like they they escaped more than they won that game
0: last thing matthew final minute here so uh jerome tang next head coach at k-state the baylor assistant long time two decades under scott drew brad underwood was always a pipe dream how would you rate the jerome tang hire and and what k-state fans should be thinking and feeling this morning
1: I think it's a solid hire. I mean, Jerome has been a part of that program since Scott Drew got hired. Uh, The whole reason Scott Drew hired him is because he was a local guy. He was coaching at a private school there in Waco. He had developed Division I talent. Uh, Jerome was kind of his entree to Texas high school basketball, and it's part of the reason why Baylor is recruited so well. Um, He's a well-regarded defensive coach uh, there at Baylor, so you can expect uh, the the defense in Manhattan to be ratcheted up a little bit. Um, He's never run a college program before. That's always a question when you have a a first-time head coach who's always been an assistant. But the fact that he's been in the conference for 20 years and he understands how things work, he has good relationships with high school coaches in Texas, which is an area where Kansas State would probably love to recruit. He's also recruited other areas in the Big 12. So he's going to come in, and he's got a lot of local knowledge about the conference that's going to make his transition there at Kansas State a lot easier. Plus, if you're Kansas State, you're a arrival in the big 12 and, and that's never a bad thing
0: yeah that's exactly right matthew great to have you on recapping an awesome weekend outstanding job all the written content he's got up at heartlandcollegesports.com we will talk to you a lot this week as we get set for the sweet 16 and the elite eight my man thanks for being here
1: all right thanks pete appreciate it
0: he's matthew Postins. i'm pete mundo hey hit that subscribe button great review you get a free heartland college sports koozie as well when you leave us a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to pete mundo m-u-n-d-o at heartlandcollegesports.com appreciate you guys a lot of great content coming your way this week we'll talk to you soon here on heartlandcollegesports.com